The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100. Get a $100 free bet over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbets. That is sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Yes, sir. We are back with another edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I am the voice. I am the guy. You know me. Really real. Villain real. Terrell Furman Jr. at your service. And it's Friday, so you know I got my guy Scott Studio right show. Scott, what's going on? Nothing much. Fun to be back. Uh, you know, last episode we did ended up splitting. I ended up winning the lock with the Celtics. Uh, whatever Terrell wants to do with the Celtics, just bet the opposite, and you'll make a fortune. So that worked out well for me. Uh, but besides that, can't really. And I thought Miami was going to get that cover late. Yeah, I know. Uh, it looked like it, but that's how they tease you. You know, they yeah, can't make it easy for you one way or another for they Boston. Did. But that team's really, really good. And yeah, Boston is really good. Boston is so, really good. Oh well. How's it going with you? Oh man, um, I don't even remember what last show was even about. Basketball. You know, you give me a date. Okay, all right. Thank you. Uh, give me a day off, and you throw me off. Uh, I think you ended up splitting because I think you had the Bucks minus six. I think, and they won by six. That's not right. Against the no, Bucks. I had the Bucks first half. I don't think I hit anything last time. Actually, oh. I had the Bucks first half that missed, and I had Wizards over the Nets that okay. missed. But I think we did good with props. I think props was our was where we really hit last time. Props were fine. I know we also mentioned a couple of underdogs that worked out. We mentioned uh, Minnesota in the first game without Towns. We thought they would yep. beat Memphis, and they did. So, yep. mm-hmm. and all right. Well, I mean, let's go ahead and jump into the slate because we've got what 10, 12 games today. I think it was eleven, but either way, it's it's a decent amount. It's eleven or twelve, I think. All right, let's kick things off. In Charlotte with the Washington Wizards versus the Charlotte Hornets, minus three and a half for the Wizards, 225 and a half is the total going here. Injury report, and I see Ruri Hachimara is out. And that looks like it's about it. All right. Scott, you're getting three and a half with the Wizards. These two teams both played twice this season already. Charlotte lost both matchups, 108-100 at Charlotte, and then 106-102 at Washington. We're back at Charlotte for this one. What are you doing? I'm going to take Washington in this one. I remember for at least one of those games, Beal didn't play, and yet Washington still won without him anyway. Charlotte's a bad basketball team, and it's not entirely their fault. Ball's been Mm -hmm. hurt. Uh, Gordon Hayward's been hurt, and their supporting cast isn't great. But you're looking at what Washington's been doing lately. They haven't really been great in terms of wins and losses, but you look at their overall team, they're really not that bad. And Beal's been good. Kuzma's been really good. And Porzingis has kind of had this recent run for the last couple of games. He had Mm -hmm. 40-plus points a couple games ago. He had 19 rebounds against the Nets. He's been playing well for the past week. But you're looking at what Charlotte has or what they don't have, and they're still using Mason Plumlee at center. They still don't have many great shot creators. 
uh, because of all the injuries that they've had. I think Washington's the better team. And the fact that Washington's won twice despite being shorthanded on occasion or two, I think is pretty telling to me that Washington should be favored by more points in this game. So I'm going to go with Washington. Home court has really not meant much for Charlotte this season. Uh, Washington, I believe, has been underwhelming on the road as well. But still, I'm going to go with Washington. I just think they're the better team. Um, I can't argue with that because they are the better team. The line does um, look a little bit short, though, so I'm not sure if that's potentially trappy or not, but I think Washington's actually a decent basketball team. Charlotte, I know, is just bad. Yeah, and I I don't know. I think they're giving – maybe that's because they're – I'm trying to figure out that line as well. Maybe it's because they're on the road. But But Charlotte's bad at home anyway. So far this season, the Wizards – well, last five games at least – the best thing that Charlotte does, and really the best thing they've done for a majority of the season in terms of scoring, is getting inside the paint. They're second in the NBA with 58.4 points inside the paint. However, the Washington Wizards are 10th in the NBA, guarding the paint 49.6 points. And I think that's really where we're going to see uh, both of these teams collide because you got a lot of size on both of these teams when you think about inside with pj washington who has really come into his own and been able to come and step up in certain games and be a really really good sort for them and then you think of where you have kyle kuzma banging down there and you got porzingis that'll be down there sometimes you like i'm i'm trying to figure out an angle of why to take and i guess the angle is what gordon Hayward is playing in this game but he's not. According to injury reports, Hayward is out and Ball is out. Yeah. At least that's um, what I see on RotoWire. I'm not yeah, I haven't seen any update. Yeah. So In uh, fact, they said Hayward's supposed to be out until like January. So Hayward's done yeah. for a while. Yeah. And so what Ball's expected to come back potentially tomorrow, but they don't know. And Rozier didn't play last game, but he's back. Uh, but I mean that was the same lineup they rolled out for most of the year, and they're six and fifteen. Yeah. So. Yeah, he's not on an injury report. He's playing. So you got Terry Rozier, Kelly Oubre, Jim McDaniel's another guy that can go inside the paint. Uh, PJ Washington, Mason Plumley up against Monte Morris, Bradley Beal, uh, Kyle Kuzma, Chris Asprazinius, and Avi. What? How you pronounce his name? You got Avi. You hate Avi. Yeah, he's been better lately. I still, I still don't think he's very good, but he's been better <laughs> lately. Um, only three and a half. Why is this not a lock? Why are we not locking this? Involves just you know locking up the Wizards, who've been terrible on the road. But I do like the fact they've won both meetings so far. Yeah, I just don't think. I don't know. Let's lock up the Wizards. I'm gonna lock up the Wizards. Wizards minus three and a half. This this feels. I can't make a case for Charlotte. This team is bad. I don't think like, this game's going to be like an easy blowout win, but I think that you're going to see Washington eventually separate themselves over these 48 minutes. Yeah, in, in the last bit of the game, I just think that Charlotte's eventually going to give up. Plus, they're seeing what the Spurs are doing, and the Spurs have some expert-level tanking going on over oh, there. Oh, we're going we're gonna to get to the Spurs later, but it, it's <laughs> impressive. But yeah, yeah it's Washington, I see them winning this game by like seven. You know, competitive game. Washington makes a couple plays. They'll win by three possessions. That's kind of what I see. All right. Total is 225 and a half. Anything like there? 
I'm going to lean to the under. Uh, they just played in Washington on the 20th. That game landed 208. Uh, but at the end of the day, the Hornets gave up 140 to Boston last game out, but Boston is on pace to have the greatest offense in the history of the sport. Mm-hmm. So I'm not exactly going to overreact to that. But they've had two meetings. Both meetings landed exactly 208. I think this number's too high. I'm gonna I'm gonna lean to the under. All right. Mm-hmm. Part wise, I think I like Kyle Kuzma today. I think I have to, right? He's been really, really good lately. Yeah, and, let, and this season he gave them – what did he give them? He, he gave 28 them points 28 in the last and, Yeah, he gave them 28 and 10 in the last one and 20 and 6 in the first one. I know one of those games is without Beal, but still. I mean, shooting over 50% against this team in the last three games he's played against them. Like, this is just a really good matchup for Kyle Kuzma. I'll go mm-hmm. Kyle Kuzma today. All right, next game on the slate we have the – Miami Heat playing the Boston Celtics minus seven for the Celtics. Two twenty-seven is the total. Let's flip over here to an injury report, and we have. I think everyone's supposed to actually play in this game for once, which is why the spread is so is relatively short for Boston yep. right now. Jimmy Butler expected to play. Tyler Hero is probable. Max Struess is probable. Get. Gabe Vincent is probable. Duncan Robinson is probable. Hayward Highsmith is probable. Dwayne Detman is questionable. Nikola Jovic is questionable. And then you're clean for the Boston Celtics. Mm. All right. I mean, I basically I told you my strategy for these two games. I was going to take the dog both times, assuming that one one of these games they split and I was going to make a profit. Uh. I feel a lot better with Miami's pieces returning and them losing the first matchup. Come back in here with a full assortment of players that they haven't had in an extremely long time. So there actually is a little bit of a concern of the fact that they haven't had the whole team playing like this in a strange periodical amount of time. So what are you doing? So Boston was my lock last episode. I wasn't sure who Miami was going to have, but I just saw Boston being the best team in the league by far. They were 10-1 and at home, and it wasn't easy, but they got there. They scored 134 points. Tatum had 49-11. and He had an absolute masterclass game. Uh, Shout-out to Adonis Haslam for trying to guard him on that one possession. But still, Mm -hmm. I do think when you said that Miami is getting a lot of guys back that they haven't had, all of them played last game except for – Jimmy Butler. And of course, Butler is still the best player on the team, so that is still a massive boost. But I know Butler is a good defensive player, but how am I supposed to assume that anyone can stop Boston right now? Like this team offensively is absolutely insane. And to go through the actual point totals for Boston for the last couple of games, just for reference, they ended up scoring 134 against Miami, scored 140 against Charlotte, scored 130 against Washington. 122 against Sacramento, 125 against Dallas. I mean, this team is absolutely nuts. So my first my first thought, I'm taking the team total over for Boston because nobody can stop them. Once again, they're on pace to have the best offense in the history of the sport. I, I think that Boston team total has been a safe, for, a safe play. I don't think Tatum's going to go for 49 again, but Jalen Brown's healthy. You still have weapons, and Miami defensively, I know Butler coming back is a big deal, he hasn't played in a while. I'm not sure how rusty he's going to be, especially on the defensive end with rotations. But I think I have to lean Boston just because they might have been killing you, but they're making me a fortune. I can't really quit them. Mm-hmm. They've just been so good this year. 
They're 11 and one at home. Miami, we've talked about fading on the road previously, but mm-hmm. I just think at the end of the day, Boston has so many just offensive weapons and they have so much depth when it comes to scoring. I don't think Miami can do that. And Miami, we know, has always been a grinded out defensive team. And they gave up 134. Like, I don't think they can guard Boston either. So I'm going to lean to Boston. I just think this team's on another level. I think they're playing, they are playing on another level right now. This is a really good homestand for them. They had a easy one, two, three, four, five, six. This is and I a six the game. They're walking into They're just walking into 125. Yeah. And I mean, so it's certain parts of the season where everybody is just hot. Like you just feel it. And it's like everybody feels like they can't miss, especially when you have six home games in a row. And mm-hmm. you're just going out there. You're confident that we can make every shot every single night. And so I don't know. I mean, I for the record, by I, the way, I, if, I'm if, not if, backing I, if, if I had an MVP vote right now, I would give it to Tatum. For yeah, I'm not backing. I'm not backing them on the back-to-back game against Miami with with laying seven points. I'm not. I can't do that. But Boston's a really good team. I understand why nobody wants to bet against them right now. Um, yeah, I just I don't I I just don't trust them. But my, my I, I think Boston's a really that's I'm not taking away that Boston's not a really good team. I think that's what a lot of people they're like. Oh, you think Boston suck? Like, no, I don't think they suck. I've told you a hundred times that. I think Boston is a really, really good team. They're playing like the best team in the NBA right now. It's just the fact that I'm not betting them. I don't do that. (laughs) I look around the league. I see a bunch of teams that are kind of sputtering or teams that are probably going to finish slightly above 500. I'm just watching Boston. This team just looks like a 65-win team. Like I I don't know who's going to stop them except for injuries because Robert Williams hasn't even played yet. But Brad's talking about getting in front of the Boston freight train is stupid. I agree. That's that's why I'm a big believer. My main, I'd say, philosophy with betting is one of the simplest philosophies. Don't fix what isn't broken. And if you've bet on Boston, you've made a ton of money. So I'm not going to step in front of Boston now. This team's been really good to me. I'm going to keep backing them. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to keep not betting them. <laughs> uh, all right. Once again, whatever Terrell wants to do in Boston games is bet the opposite. So yeah, I if mean, you like Boston me. tonight, you're probably in, in a good spot. Yeah, I mean, if I, I'm telling you right now, if I, I could literally sit here and switch. Oh my no, pick you can Boston flip the right now. Yeah, I could switch my pick to Boston, Boston right now, and they're gonna lose. I, I yeah. promise you, 100 percent fact. Like I could switch my, switch my pick to Boston right now, and they're going to lose. That is a given fact. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, you know what? Just to prove my thought, Boston minus seven. Okay, we're gonna test this out. I don't know if it's gonna actually work though, because now you're, gonna doing, it, you're doing it like in spite though. Like I, I, I don't know if it's genuine enough. You know, you're, like, you're trying to re- reverse jinx something intentionally. We're gonna test this out. We're gonna see what they're, happens. They're gonna lose. Watch. Okay. They're gonna lose outright because I. What said if they? Boston what if they win but outright. don't cover? Is that a compromise or is that still no. a loss? No, because that still sucks. Okay, <laughs> that okay. still sucks. Just no. making sure. All right. Uh, two twenty-seven. I mean, I can't take the under. I mean, they they both just put. Together. I would just take Boston team total. Like they yeah. they're at home. This home stretch for them right now, like this scoring that they're doing is on another level. They've been a good scoring over the course of the season, but this scoring that they've been doing in this five game stretch at home is literally unreal compared to what they were doing on the season. I feel like you have to take the team total over. I'm not exaggerating. Right now, according to offensive rating, they're the greatest offensive team in the history of the league. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not joking. Like that's what they are right now. So oh, they're gonna fall off. Oh, that's gonna. I'm sure off. they will at some point. But I'm saying as of right now, 
I can't take no. a team total under. They're, they're the most efficient offense in the history of the sport. No, I don't. I actually am hard pressed to think that you can find a better six games. Well, five games, a better five games, potentially six games of any team at home ever. And like, no overtime either. So you don't even have inflated numbers. They're yeah, just no. walking into 125. So I'm going to take the over. All right, next game on the slate, we have the Toronto Raptors versus the Brooklyn Nets. Minus one and a half for the Brooklyn Nets. 223 and a half for Toronto for the total. Injury report here, and we have – oh, well, I thought I had it. Let's go pull that back up. I have it if you want it. Yeah, go ahead. I lost. Simmons, so Simmons is out, Wananabi's out uh, for Toronto. You have Achua out and Porter out. So for the most part – besides Simmons, whatever you want to call him at this point. Both teams are at relative full strength. We saw Toronto got Siakam back last game. They got killed by New Orleans, but they're technically healthy. So, Did you say Warren is not on an injury report? Warren is actually expected to play in his first game in about two and a half years. I don't I know how many minutes that, he's, he's going to play. No, no, no. But when he's like back, like if he, if he can make a comeback, like if he can by the end of the season – if he can be like playing at 80%, 70-80%, that's a huge boost for Boston. That is a huge I think you mean for, for Brooklyn, but still. Brooklyn, not Brooklyn. I'm thinking about Boston. Sorry. That's a huge brook for Brooklyn. Like huge. It is. I'm actually thinking about Boston because he was supposed to go to Boston. But I'm that's not the, fully that's a, sure. That's the thing I was supposed to, not supposed to talk about. I don't know if he's ever going to get back there. Once again, it's been like two and a half years. Like it's been a long time. I don't, he hasn't played since the bubble, which is crazy. But still. Mm, no, I think he came. I think he got hurt like right after that. It wasn't many games. It was I thought he got hurt handful. in the bubble. I think I mean, it was a handful of games. That. I think he uh, got ha- hurt in the bubble, came back for a handful of games, got hurt again, and he's been out for okay. a while. But. Either way, the point is I do agree that he would be a big boost if he can get back to even like 50% because he on in the bubble was going crazy. But I think what he can do if he ends up coming back is you could potentially trade Joe Harris, who's been terrible this season. So I yeah. think that that could be some a roster flexibility move. But for this game, maybe you'll see Warren play a minute or two, get a standing ovation. But for the immediate, immediate future, He's going to have no impact on my actual breakdown of games because the Nets have to ease him back easily. That's going to take probably a month or two. I mean, the Nets are above 500. Long term, that that is such a good move. Yeah, and I think Warren's a good player, of course. But the point is, in the immediate future, he's going to have pretty much no impact on these games, or at least he shouldn't have much of an impact on these games. Oh, he's definitely about to get the Klay Thompson treatment for a while. Mm -hmm. As he should. It's been two and a half years. It's like Jonathan Isaac, but he actually came back to play. <laughs> I was saying Isaac's still out. He's in play. Yeah, like no, Isaac. Years. Isaac has not played since then. He has not played since then. All right, these two teams have played twice this season. October one hundred nine, one hundred five in Brooklyn. Winner was Brooklyn, and Brooklyn won again in Toronto one twelve ninety eight. Brooklyn has won three of the last five. Mm, what are you doing here? Sure, Brooklyn is. Yeah, uh, Toronto's a team that we like. I know this year they've been a little bit underwhelming record-wise, but it's also not their fault because they've had a bunch of injuries to deal with this season, and now they're relatively healthy. Having said that, I think I'm going to take Brooklyn in this one uh, just Mm -hmm. because of the fact that, historically speaking, uh, the Raptors have had a really hard time of beating the Nets. And to go through the last couple of meetings, uh, the Nets have won – let me just pull this up. They've won five of the last seven head-to-head meetings. Uh to go through everything else, the Nets had one loss by one point 
The other one they got killed in last year. But this year they've played twice. Brooklyn's won both meetings by at least four. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just Toronto, for whatever reason, really just can't beat this team. And I think they should be able to, but I don't know if it's a mental block or something, but Brooklyn has done well against them in recent years. Durant's been a lunatic for the last five games. Uh, If I could pull up his numbers, actually, I think Durant's point prop is kind of a blind bet at this point. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's been like that for years. Like, I'm pretty sure just... for the last like five games or so, Durant's averaging like 37 points per game. Like, I, I think it's actually crazy. I got to mm-hmm. pull it up. But Durant's been just going off, and I think that's good enough for me. Kyrie, of course, is still back, and he can put up buckets anytime he wants. He's got 29 and 30 in, his la- in the two games this season against Toronto. Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and go with the uh, Nets here. It won't be easy, but... I do think Durant's probably going to have another masterclass game. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to go for 35-40 in this game. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the Nets. I think they'll find a way at home. Brooklyn, sneakily, very quietly, above 500. Yeah, they've been playing well lately. Yeah, yeah, they have. And, you know, Jock Vaughn, I like what he's been doing with the team. They look a lot better defensively. Uh, especially as they're getting more guys back. I will say that that's something uh, Kerr didn't have. He didn't have some of the guys with him. But as he's getting more of the guys back, Vaughn looks really, really good as a coach. Like, he's Mm -hmm. taking this team, and he's not – they have those – like, they still have the hiccup with the Pacers. By the way, yeah, I I pulled up the uh, stats, by the way. Durant's last four games, uh, 37.8, 6.5, 5.8, Shooting splits of 62, 42, 95. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just stupid. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's basically averaging 38, 6, and 6. Yeah. On 62% shooting. Like, I, I, I okay. Like, have fun trying to stop that guy. That's all <laughs> and no, I mean, but you sit here, you Kyrie's doing it big too. Like, if both of these guys are playing row and then the rest of the team is playing with them, I just don't understand why. I don't know. I think, I think this number is short. I think I'm not trying to. Because- I'm not trying to get like get on the Raptors because they really just let us down against the Pelicans and got absolutely destroyed in that game. But but that's the red Brooklyn's flag. playing. A, this is a different Brooklyn team than that was starting the season. It was, but I'm saying that's a serious red flag with what just happened with Toronto because you got Siakam back. He played relatively well, and yet the one thing you need to really stop against New Orleans is the paint. And Giannis proceed and not Giannis. Sorry, and Zion looked like Giannis. He dropped thirty. <laughs> he had a double double with thirty points on their head, and mm-hmm. they couldn't stop anybody in the paint. And I feel like when you have Durant, who's going to be able to pretty much go one-on-one against anybody, Kyrie, we know, is one of the best finishers in the league. For guards, it's either him or Curry. I mean, when it comes to the actual layup packages they have. Mm-hmm. I don't think Toronto has a good post defense. And I think that's going to be a problem when the Nets have a lot of guys who are really good at actually getting to the basket. I think the Raptors are flawed defensively because they really don't have enough rim protection. And I think that the Nets are going to exploit it. So I'll go with Brooklyn. Yeah, and because of that, I'm on Kyrie today. I think Kyrie goes off. I think Durant might go for 40. So 40 or 40. All right. I want to look up the prices on that, though. Like if Durant is, it's probably going to be like 350 uh, tops for Durant 40 plus. But I really think Durant's just going to go off again. I mean, I mentioned the numbers. He's he's basically averaging 37 over his last four games. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, 22, no, 223 and a half is the total. What are you doing with that? 
This one's tricky because Toronto still doesn't exactly play at a fast pace. Brooklyn doesn't either. And with Simmons being out, I think that actually hurts the pace because Simmons wants to push. Uh, but you're looking at the two meetings this season. Uh, first meeting landed 214. Second meeting landed 210. Even dating back to last year, uh, you had a split there with the over-unders. But for the most part, these teams get together and you tend to see one of these teams reach like 110 and the other team doesn't. I'm going to go under in this game line somewhere in the 210s like it usually does. All right. You? Uh... And do you like Toronto offensively? Like, I feel like there's something missing. Yeah, they're missing no, a certain punch. I think they're fine. I just think that they were putting a lot of eggs in the Scotty Barnes needs to improve offensively category, and he's been a little bit hit or miss. I think that they're probably – I'm not looking at the numbers, but I think they're actually probably one of the better offensive teams than Toronto normally has. It's, it's, just, it's because they play all-world defense and they don't have to score a bunch of points. But I think this team can actually get – like, there's Toronto teams that struggle to get to 100. Mm-hmm. Th- this team can comfortably get to 100 points, but uh, that that defense was really, really bad last game, and I'm just going to blame it on they were on the road and they just weren't locked in for that one. But I'm just uh, not normally that defense, they, they don't give up too many points, so they're like, and eh, we don't really have to score much. But this is one of the better offensive teams for Toronto. I think that the offense is okay. I just I feel like the flaw they have is kind of similar to Atlanta's flaw. I'm not sure if they have enough shooting. Because you look at the starting lineup, and I know that Trent's a good shooter. I know Van Vliet's a good shooter. And an OB at times. Siakam doesn't shoot many threes, but he's okay, I guess. I don't know. I feel like they need a little bit more spacing on the floor. I think I like the bench unit. I like the shooting. I think what you don't have is you don't have another shot creator. Yeah. That's and a good so, way to put it. Yeah. And so you they have shooting, but you have to set up that shooting. You got to share the basketball pass mm-hmm. basketball around. You sometimes just need that guy that you can give the ball to and just say, hey, go get a bucket. And Siakam is that guy for them. It might be a sixth man is what I'm thinking of. Like, I'm yeah. not sure how much I actually like their bench at all. Like, they're giving Malachi Flynn a decent amount of run. Like, you're throwing out some guys, and mm-hmm. I just don't think their bench is particularly good. Yeah, it's, not, it's uh, not like awful, awful, but I don't think it's good enough. Like, I think they could be another team that we've mentioned in the Terrence Ross, like sweep. I can't call it a sweepstakes, but you have my point. I mean, he used to play for bring Toronto. Him back. Bring him back. I think he'd yeah. be a very good fit with this team. Yeah, just but, another shot creator where you don't have to like, you don't have to spread the basketball. You don't have to get them to their spot to get them going. Like they can just go get that bucket. Like that's what they're looking for is, is Siakam. It's a little bit. Of Scotty Barnes when he wants to be, whenever that dog comes out of him. But and Gary Trent Jr. can do it, but you know he's more of a spot up shooter. And those are all starters. Like that's my yeah. point. Like their bench is mostly Boucher. Like they really don't have many guards off the bench that you truly like. They kind of sprinkle a little bit of And that's why uh, they're bringing uh that's why they're bringing um Gary Trent Jr. off the bench now because they they're have gonna, they're gonna need to. I mean that that's my point. But I do feel like Terrence Ross would be a decent addition because they could use an extra bit of pop off the bench. But I'm also gonna take Brooklyn because Toronto's been really bad on the road this season. Uh Toronto is three and eight on the highway yep. straight up, and Brooklyn is seven and four at home. I'm gonna take Brooklyn here. Yeah, I'm with you. Brooklyn, uh mm, that's total. Um I'm gonna go over. Okay, I'm going to lean under, just based on what I've seen from these teams historically. All right, uh, where are we at? Where are we at? I don't. I opened up so much things talking about the Raptors. Pick a random game. No we one. have the Lakers Okay, going to play the Milwaukee Bucks. Minus 8.5 for the Bucks. 230.5 is the total. 
big news on the injury report is that Chris Middleton is expected to make his season debut today. Marjan Bochamp is out with an illness, save for Sergi Baca. Then we have LeBron James probable, AD probable, Lonnie Walker questionable, Dennis Schroeder is out, and Sir Troy Brown Jr.'s probable. Okay. Um, oh, wow, this is cool. <laughs> so when listed as probable or questionable before playing in the game, LeBron is 14 for 19 and AD is 18 for 20 in terms of if they actually play or not. I'm assuming so, they're both going to play. Because yeah, they're they've, definitely they, both going to They've play. actually been pretty decent lately. I mean, they've beaten up on bad teams. They had the embarrassing loss to Indiana. Uh-huh. It was a 17-point lead in the fourth quarter. Still makes me laugh. But either way, the Lakers have played well. But once again, can we look at who they've played? Like, they beat the tanking Spurs three times. And um, they, beat yeah. Portland, they beat Portland on a back-to-back while they were at home. Preach it. I Keep mean, I, the Lakers it. aren't a good team. I mean, they're just taking advantage of a pretty easy schedule at the moment. But we've seen Milwaukee play with their food. Like, that's really the only concern is do you want to lay eight and a half when Milwaukee looks disinterested for at least a quarter? And that's what I'm looking to try to find the numbers on, what Milwaukee is this season. I mean, even Uh, your Knicks Knicks played against them, and Giannis went for 37 in, like, 12, and yet the Knicks still pushed. Here we go. It was a one-possession game with, like, 20 seconds to go, and Giannis still went off. It just feels like Milwaukee isn't fully focused all the time. They should be for this one. You get Giannis against LeBron. You have Anthony Davis. Like, you know, you have some Mm -hmm. pieces there, but I think I'm going to lean Milwaukee. But if the Lakers cover through the back door, it would not surprise me because Milwaukee has really had a hard time of putting together a full 48. They'll give you 40, but there's eight minutes in there where you're going to be nervous. Ten last 10 games, because you know Milwaukee start the season perfect ATS. So last 10 mm-hmm. games, two, seven, and one against the spread. Two, seven, and one. It's not good. <laughs> and ironically, this Lakers squad is nine and one against the spread in the last 10 games. Again, different level of competition that the Lakers have been playing with, but 10 games is a pretty good, a pretty large sample size for you to be nine and one against mm-hmm. the spread. And I'm, I'm I'm actually curious, so I'm going back through it. You got Portland they covered, then cover against Indiana. Then you got the two games against the uh, Spurs. Yeah, two games against the Spurs. You got that game against the Lakers. I mean, against the Suns. Then you got. I, I don't believe they covered against the Suns. I think. The yeah, Suns I don't think they covered that too. I don't think they covered that too. I, I think, think the Suns got been. there. Yeah, so they might be. Two, so it's two losses in there. It's not one. It's two. But you got them when they were given points at home to Brooklyn, and they beat them. And then you got the uh, beat what? the Pistons and like. Once again, yeah. if, I mean, if you're looking at their wins recently, they beat Portland on a back-to-back with no Lillard. Beat the Spurs three times. Beat Detroit. Oh, wait. That was first half. That's why that was weird. That was first half. Oh, okay. Oh, well, that's actually a good stat. I'll, 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 I'll take the first half. half. I know I was wondering sure. why this was off. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll back them for the first half. I'll definitely yeah, back them for a half. For sure. Yeah, we could. Okay, that was first half. My bad. Sorry, guys. I knew I was sitting there. I'm like, wait, why is this so off? But all right, let's the go point is I listed all the game. teams out. The Lakers haven't beaten anybody. And Milwaukee, I think, will be motivated for this game. 
I'll take the Bucks, but I do like that Lakers first half angle that we accidentally stumbled into. Yeah, yeah, really. Uh, last ten games, Milwaukee four five and one ATS, and the Lakers are six and four ATS in the last ten. Yeah. But that that. F- First half stat was really, really good. Bucks two mm-hmm. seven and one and Lakers nine and one in the first half. So that that could be a very good piece, especially getting that number amount of points. Nationally televised game against the with the Lakers, but over the course of the entire game, oh man. What do we think Chris Middleton's role is gonna be in this game? Uh realistic role? He's at home. I was going to say 20 minutes emotional support. Yeah. I mean, if you're asking what I think he's going to do in this game, not much. I, I think Milwaukee is going to let him try to find his way over the course of these next couple weeks. But initially, it's going to be solely emotional support. It's just going to be providing an extra spark for the team emotionally, saying we got our second guy back, you know, let's do something. But for the sake of this game, I don't think he's going to shoot well. I mean, he hasn't me, played all year. Riddle me this. What if, what if the Milwaukee plays with their food? Because we're sitting here saying that we're not getting a full game effort. They play with their food in the beginning of the game, realize that this shit is getting a little close, and they're like, all right, we're just about to blow this thing open. And oh, my play half. would be Milwaukee live betting. Like, that would be probably yeah. my play in this yeah, game. Yeah, it feels like that's a really good, a really good play. I'm going to go ahead and take Milwaukee in eight and a half just because – Oh, no. I really think that the Lakers got easy playing a lot of easy teams, but <clears throat> the Lakers still can't shoot. Like the point is the Bucks in the paint have still phenom- they still have phenomenal defense. And I think that if you can limit the Lakers on the interior and force them to hit jump shots, they're basically are they, screwed. Yeah, are they gonna do that on the road? Like, is that <laughs> I, yeah, if we're betting on the Lakers hitting jump shots on the road, I'm taking Milwaukee. Every but I think day. you'd agree with Giannis and with Lopez and even Portis, like they have a lot of rim protection. Yeah, no, we talk about that all the time, mm-hmm. and so yeah, I'll bet I'll bet Milwaukee, but I do kind of like that Lakers angle of them being good early in the game and then blowing it. Yeah, especially like on national TV. Too. All right, two thirty and a half is total. Oh boy, I don't really have any strong opinions about this one. I can't even lean to the recent games here because San Antonio doesn't play any defense, Indiana doesn't play any defense. Those games were high scoring. The Portland game was weird because the game was flying towards an under, and then somehow you ended up with 82 points in the second quarter. I don't know how the hell that happened, mm-hmm. but every other quarter was headed towards an under. 82 points in a quarter? Like, that's absolutely wild, but I think I'm going to lean to the under in this one. I just talked about Milwaukee's paint defense. It means I'm basically daring the Lakers to hit outside shots, and if that's the case, I'm going to lean to the under. Like, both teams are good defensively. Yeah. Yeah. So, Lakers take, aren't bad defensively. I'll take and the Pat under. Bev is yeah. going to be in the starting lineup because Shooter is not playing. So that's well, good for the under because he can't shoot. So I'll go yeah. with the under. All right. I'm with you. No complaints there. I actually really, really like that play. I see over money coming in, and I get it. It's the Bucks. It's the Lakers. Names. You just think, all right, National TV is going to be a lot of points. We got three extra points of value because it opened up at 227 and a half. I feel really good about that under. Mm-hmm. All right. Next thing I'm going to say, we have the Denver Nuggets going to play the Atlanta Hawks. Two and a half is the blind for the Nuggets. Minus two and a half. 233 is the total. 
Let's see here. Injury report for these two squads. And I have Clint Capella is questionable. Bogdanovich is questionable. Jalen Johnson is questionable. Justin Holiday is out. Health and safety protocols. Frank Kaminsky, okay. He's questionable. John Collins is on, uh, I think he's on, he's got a high ankle sprain, so he's going to be out for a while. He's on, he's and, on the trade block. Yeah, he's on, yeah, that too. And then you have Jamal Murray, who's probable, Michael Porter Jr., who is out, and Jeff Green, who is doubtful. It's DeAndre's 100th birthday. Thank you. Love it. Let's throw that up there. DeAndre 100th birthday. Right now, I see him as not playing, though. So, um, did he come back last game? I feel like I heard something like he, he was coming back last game, or is it was it this game? Oh, uh, let me see. Sorry. Let me just I heard up. something recently saying that people felt like DeAndre Hunter was coming along and he's ready to go. I see that he's still out. It says he's out for at least a week with a right hit. But he did play that. He played the last game. He played seven minutes. Uh, yes. So, he, that, he might have came in yeah. and, and re-aggregated something. I didn't, I didn't watch yeah, that he'll game. Be out for a week. So. I'll let you know right now. I did not watch that game. Atlanta Hawks versus the Magic. So, uh, hopefully he plays. If he does, all right, I'm with it. If not, I'm just saying he's he's out. So. Yeah, missed missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. All right. I mean, it's Atlanta at home. <laughs> like it's Atlanta at home. <laughs> Birthday in ATL strip clubs. He's out. Hey, have you ever been to Magic City and tried those wings? Really, really good. I know Lil Williams tried those wings. Oh yeah, they're really good. I like I don't blame at all. Yeah, I don't know, man. Even with DeAndre Hunter out, I think that it is I mean, it's Atlanta at home. And they're they're getting a short number at home against Denver, which is a really good Western Conference team. This just is this is the typical Atlanta spot where they're probably not better than this team on paper, but they just get up for this spot at home and win this game. Like I don't know. I, I'm I'm leaning Atlanta just looking just looking pure looking at the line and the spot for both of these teams. It just feels like Atlanta. Now, Atlanta's jump shooting woes to do give me cause for concern. However, I think they can get to the rim at ease. Like what rim protection is really scaring you on this Denver Nuggets team? I just I don't know. Yeah, they don't have much. Uh, I guess the concern for Atlanta would be even though they're better at home, they are 7 and 4 straight up, which is fine at home, but usually they're a little bit better than that. Uh Denver's mm-hmm. 8 and 5 on the road. Denver's won four straight, but if we're going to stick with the opponent theory, they beat the Thunder, they beat the Rockets twice, and they played the Clippers, and they won that one. So mm-hmm. they haven't really played anybody either. The Clippers one was nice, though, on the road. But I do think that you're on to something with this line being very short. It does look very trappy, especially with Collins being out. Now, I'm not saying Collins is a very good player, and I don't think he fits in with this current team. But the fact that Collins is probably the third most talented player, the fourth most talented player, and he's out. Hunter's also out, and the line's only two and a half. This does seem very, very trappy to me. I don't really like this Hawks team. I'm just going to say it. I don't think they're very good. But I do really love this Denver team. But the line does seem extremely, extremely trappy. On principle, I'm going to lean to Atlanta. I don't really feel great about it, but I do think this line at first glance should be like Denver minus five, Denver minus four. So I think it's a trap. I'm going to take the Hawks. Yeah, I just I don't know. I think DeJounte Murray can have a really good game against 
uh, Jamal Murray, Murray and Murray playing against each other. We know Porter like, Jr. is not going to guard anybody, so you have a ma- you have a matchup advantage there anyway. He's out. Oh, sorry, my bad. Yeah, he's he's, so he's out. But he's, so Bruce Brown's coming in the lineup, which actually does concern me. That actually helps because he's a good defensive player. Yeah, but you're assuming Atlanta is just going to put Jokic in every pick and roll, right? Just have him on Trey and say good luck to you, and pretty much mm-hmm. go from there. I think Trey's going to go off in this game. Yeah, me too. This feels like a just an easy Trey. What is it? Twenty five plus and a win. Yeah, I see. I see like a thirty and ten, like double double type game for Trey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, Michael Porter Jr. is not in if you didn't catch that. Yeah, my bad. I, for some reason, I thought he was back. Uh, I don't know. Why do I feel so good about the Hawks as a dog? But it's a Hawks as a home dog. Like, that's the, if we talk about flow charts, flow charts, Hawks as a home dog is definitely one where you're like, all right, well, we're just backing them. All right, there is a concern a though because Capella is questionable. Okay, I think that's a big deal. And I know that a Kung Wu can give you some minutes off the bench, but they're so much better. No, he needs the Capella's size. On the court. They need the size. And I mentioned it like first week of the season, like they need to play Capella more. And he's playing 30 minutes and he's putting up massive stat lines. So I do think Capella needs to play. So just keep an eye on that. But once I again, agree. Capella might not play and the line is still only two and a half. I'm not backing 97% of the money coming in on Denver on the road. I just, yeah. I, I don't feel comfortable about that. I think the public is reading this wrong. All right. That's dog. That's dog territory for me today, possibly. Orlando, oh, two two thirty three is the total. I mean, I think that this is about to be. I like fireworks. the overs. Yeah, I yeah. think this is about to be fireworks. All right. Orlando Magic going to play the Cleveland Cavaliers in Cleveland minus ten and a half for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Two sixteen and a half is the total. Injury report here. And we have, for the Orlando Magic, Jalen Suggs is out. Mo Bamba is questionable. Gary Harris is out. Uh, Wendell's still out. Yeah, Wendell's still out. You have Jared Allen, who is out with the back. You have Kevin Love, questionable to play in this one. Lamar Stevens, probable to play in this one. And that's about it. I mean... This is my uh, blowout special of the day. I, th- I think Cleveland absolutely beats the, I think they beat the crap out of them. And okay. I ended up losing uh, on some Embiid props in the last game against the Cavs. Uh, Embiid had an off game, but the Cavs were missing Jared Allen, missing a couple pieces, and they were up by 30 midway through the fourth quarter. Uh, they mm-hmm. won the game by 28. Defensively, this team is so good. And it doesn't even matter if Allen's out or not. Uh, they've been using Diakide uh, as their power forward, the Virginia legend who had that shot against Purdue. But yep. still, the point is, guy. yeah, their defense is still really good. Orlando's lost six straight, and they're not even close. Like, they lost to Atlanta by 17. They lost to Brooklyn by seven. Okay. The same Philly team that Cleveland beat by 28, they lost to back-to-back games at home, including a 30-point blowout. I think Cleveland, who's nine and one at home, Orlando's one and nine on the road. I think <laughs> Cleveland probably gives up like eighty-eight points. Like I don't think Orlando gets to ninety in this game. I think Cleveland's going to kill this team. I will take the Cavaliers because I'll tell you right now, when it comes to underrated home court advantages, Cleveland might be in like first. That home field advantage, home court advantage, is really, really good in the land over there. I'm going Cleveland. I think they win this game by twenty. I mean, they covered nine last time rather easily. Well, was it rather easily? They won by no. 11. 
Yeah, one out of eleven. So, do you like anything about Orlando? Like, I know that Boncaro. Like, yeah, but... I was. Oh, you stole it. I, I was gonna say I like Paulo Boncaro. Like, <laughs> they're, getting killed, they're getting killed out here, though. Like, they're not even close in half these games. They are one and four in their last five ATS, with the only game that they covered being the one where they got eleven and a half points. So if you have if you like Orlando, that's something good for you. They covered the large number of these last five games, but they didn't cover plus six and a half against the Hawks. They didn't cover minus one against Philly with nobody playing. They didn't cover minus two against Philly again with nobody playing. They didn't cover plus seven against the Pacers. They got blew out in that game. They got blown out in three of these three of these five games. I mean, I'm with you. They're one and nine on the road. Like Cleveland nine and one at home. Like that's something you gotta worth like they gotta keep that in mind. But I mean if you just watch Cleveland play, I really don't know how Orlando's going to score. I think Cleveland defensively is actually that good with or without Allen. And what they did against Philly, they really just had him in a box for forty eight minutes. It was disgusting. Mm -hmm. I think Orlando's gonna score like eighty eight points. Yeah, uh, let's tap in with Aaron real quick. Yeah, I think the Cavs are slightly overvalued after a blowout, but I don't think it's so much where I can change my pick in this one at all. Uh, Magic team total under. Yeah, yeah, because I just don't know how they're going to score if you're leaning on the outside shot and Cleveland is protecting the room. And, folks, yes, folks is starting again. So, folks is starting again. I think Anthony's coming off the bench. I mean, you're looking at the numbers right now, and Orlando's team total should be around like 103 and a half, mm. give or take. Uh, but you're looking at Cleveland's last couple of games. They allowed 85, 194. Like, I, I, I don't think Orlando's getting to 100 in this game. Yeah. All right. I don't really have anything. You kind of took majority of what I was going to say. I just don't see. Like, I hate backing teams after they blow out a really good team or at least one of the better teams in the conference. But I, I don't know how I can back Orlando in this spot. I, I don't even know if Philly counts as that because they were missing most. I mean, they're still missing Harden. They're still missing Maxi. They really put the clamps down on Embiid. He did not have a good game at yeah. all. But I watched the whole thing. Like, Cleveland looked so much better. And there was one stretch in the third quarter where I believe Cleveland made 20 of 22 shots. 20 of 22 shots. It was one of the craziest <laughs> offensive runs I've ever seen. But the, I just think they're the much better team. And once again, I do not think Orlando's getting to 100. I'll lock up the damn Orlando team total under. They're not going to score in this game. All right. We How, do you have feel? A lot. How do you feel about that? No, I think no, I think that's a good play. I think that's a good play. Uh, I'm on the under as well. I wasn't ever taking over with Cleveland, uh, so I was on the yeah. under as well. But yeah, no. Um, all right, that's really all I got. Like it's a ten point spread in this one. I just and don't. The, and the pace should be slow because Cleveland plays slow. We know Orlando plays slow as well. So I think the only way that Cleveland covers this game is if Boncaro has thirty. Like Even he finds has a, Boncaro has it. Boncaro finds a way to score, and you're assuming Mobley's going to guard him, right? I would, I think that, oh, I would assume, but I don't know. Maybe I feel like if, and you, you leave yeah, I don't think you want, because that'll pull him out of the paint, especially, and you'll open that up for other players. The point is Cleveland has options, because Okoro is also a good defensive player. So I think you have options. I think I like Boncaro's assist again. Yeah, well, it was two and a half. Like I, I yeah. had to give that out last time. He had five. But I'm just, I'm just thinking, like, you just, you just put it in my head. If Mobley's guarding him, like, if Mobley's guarding him, he's going to find a cutter to the rim. All right, Boncaro assist again. 
Uh, next game on the slate. What do we have? The Philadelphia 76. No, wait. Before we do that, let's go ahead and talk about WinBet. Because WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. You have online sports betting in the app. You have casino playing app. You have the win. Build your own bet. Like, you can go in there, build your same-game parlay. They juice the same-game parlay odds up so well. And you have so much to choose from. Like, it's like it's a bunch. You can do anything. You can do whatever your mind puts it to. So, all you have to do is head over to sportsgamingpodcast.com slash winbet. So, all you have to do, sportsgamingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-T to claim your free bet today. Get a special offer. Bet $100. Win a $100 free bet. Offer subject change terms and conditions at winbed.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state. Replay through winbeds available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Philadelphia 76ers are playing the Memphis Grizzlies. Minus five and a half for the Grizzlies at home. 217 is the total. Let's look at an injury report here. And we have. Uh, when I, there we go. For the Grizzlies, uh, LaRuvia is doubtful. You know, Desmond Bain's not playing. Zaire Williams, Dan Green are not playing. For the 76ers, you have Tobias Harris, who is questionable. And then, you know, Maxine Harden are not playing. So it's looking like Shake Milton, DeAnthony Melton, uh, possibly Tobias Harris, PJ Tucker, and Joel Embiid. Against uh, Morant, Conchar, Brooks, Jackson, and S- Stephen Adams. Huh. Is there too much? What's the word I'm looking for? Stock. Yeah. Is are is the book? Are the books playing too much stock? And the 76 is just getting blown out by the caps. Because awesome. first thing, first thing I look at is five and a half for Memphis is a tad much. I don't know if it is because Memphis is really good at home. They are. I just I don't know. I'm thinking I'm thinking I would have saw three, like three, three and a half. I mean, Memphis is seven and two at home, so we know how how good they can be. I guess the one question you really have to ask is. Let's assume for a second that Embiid goes nuts. Let's assume Embiid goes for like 30 and 15 or 35 and 10. Very much possible. Do you think Memphis can still cover? Let's assume worst case scenario. Let's assume Embiid has a great game. You know, Memphis are my dogs, but they've still been pretty decent defensively. This uh, 76ers team. I know Moran. I, I I really really the only thing that I trust in this game, and it's so easy to say, but I trust Moran and Embiid. Like that's it. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like uh, Aaron kind of sums it up perfectly. It's hard to figure out what Sixers team is going to show up. Yeah, that's right. I, I, you don't really know. So Memphis is awful loss to Minnesota. It's an embarrassing loss on paper. We both had it. Yeah. The, the, argue, the, the argument yeah. is Memphis <laughs> will be motivated to get back on track. But Memphis isn't great either right now. It's not their fault. They have a bunch of injuries. But I'm with you. I, the one thing I have noticed, though, Embiid recently, horrible at rebounding. Yeah. I don't know what is. the story is. The guy not, just cannot get rebounds. I, I don't know why. But do you think Adams matches up well against him, or do you just expect Adams to get into foul trouble five minutes into the game? 
You know, I think he's in for a long day. I think he's in for a long day. <laughs> I think he's so in I'd, for a long I'd day. I'd probably look for Adams props under points, probably, because Embiid's going to be sitting there. But I'm expecting Adams to have two fouls with six minutes to go in the first quarter. Right? I mean, that's kind of what I'm just expecting. So I'd, I'd I really first, think you I really think you can't play him in this game. Like, I I'm guess. Saying, I mean, yeah, Embiid has the size. But, like, I think that you'd just be better off letting Jaron Jackson Jr. do what he can. And then – uh you're trying to run and run the pace and pull Embiid out of the paint. Like, if you let him sit in the paint the entire day, he's going to feast. I, I think if I had to go for a sneaky play, the Embiid rebounds I mentioned, and Aaron said it's been profitable this season. It has. It's been especially profitable lately. I would look for Adams unders, mm-hmm. especially with points. I really just see him playing, like, 20 minutes, and he's going to have five fouls. <laughs> like, I, I think he's just going to end up being put in the blender because Embiid's going to do all the rip-through stuff He's going to do all the classic Embiid flopping stuff, and I think he's yeah. going to get a lot of foul calls. So I think Adams gets into foul trouble pretty early on. Yeah. Um, and you know Memphis should want to run. If you want to beat Embiid, you're going to have to make the most of transition opportunities. Yeah. Adams doesn't really help you in that. Yeah, I'm not backing Doc against this Memphis team. I'm overthinking this. Give me Memphis minus five and a half. I'm going to lean Memphis, but as you said before, I would look for some props. I think Adams unders might be a sneaky play because I really think either foul trouble or overall strategy is going to not exactly be too kind to him because I do think Memphis should play faster. Mm. We've seen Embiid really, really struggle with transition defense moving up and down the court. The last thing you want to do is give Embiid an advantage by having a player on the court who can't run either. Yeah, yeah, so, really. I'd look for uh, Adams unders. I I don't think he should play that much in this game. I really, I I think you can't play him. I really think you can't play him in this game. And he, that even is, if he can, I still think he's gonna get into foul trouble. Yeah. All right, two seventeen. That's a low Memphis total, but for I think it's a low. Pretty sure it's a low Memphis. It's a low total because of what just happened with Philly against Cleveland. I'm not sure how much Philly's gonna score. Yeah, yeah. Memphis hasn't had it. When is the last time Memphis has had a total this low? It's like I while. get, I know that I like deep Philly as a defensive team. They're playing a lot better. Two thirty-one to have. Oh shit! I didn't mean to do that. Oh fuck! I fucked it up. Oh, hold on. I'm sorry. I had it all pulled up and then I clicked off. All right. Two thirty-one to have. Two twenty-eight. Two twenty. Two twenty-seven. Two thirty-seven. Two thirty-three and a half. Two thirty. Two twenty-four. Two seventeen and a half. All right. So we're going back to the 13th. November 13th is the last time they had a total this low, and it still went under against Washington. I think I'm going to lean to the over. I mean, we mentioned that Memphis should play faster, so I'm kind of hoping that they lean into that and they try to play a faster style. The Philly paces might be brutal in this game, Mm -hmm. but I do think this line is especially short after that terrible offensive showing against an elite defensive team in Cleveland. I think it's a pretty good buy-low spot for an over, in my opinion. (laughs) Yeah. Or maybe Memphis team total over. It's just something. I'm not, conv- I'm not convinced. Mm, I'm not 100% there. I'm going to lean over. Yeah, I'll lean over as well. I'm not going to probably bet it, but I would lean that way. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I don't think I need to say anything for this one, but New Orleans Pelicans are traveling to San Antonio to play San Antonio Spurs. Minus seven and a half for the Spurs. 232 is the total for the injury report for this. We have Josh Richardson, who is doubtful. Doug McDermott, doubtful. Charles Bassey is out. Excuse me. 
Romeo Langford is probable. And then you have, uh, oh, wait, where's the, okay. Brandon Ingram is out. CJ McCollum is probable. You have Herb Jones, who is out, and Marshall, who is probable. I mean, New Orleans minus seven and a half. Can we move on? Do you want to rant? I, I, I don't have any energy for this Spurs team. Uh, no, this team stinks. Uh, it takes true talent to blow a 20-point lead to an OKC team missing Shea Gildas-Alexander. I'm impressed you managed to pull that off. Uh, New Orleans just played them on November 23rd, scored 129. Uh, the only concern was the lack of supporting cast for New Orleans, but McCollum is probable, so McCollum mm-hmm. is expected to play, which is a nice boost. Ingram's still out, but we saw the first meeting. Uh, New Orleans had 62 points in the paint. The Spurs can't guard anybody in the paint, and Zion's going to have a runway every time he's in the half court. So I like New Orleans here. Duh. San Antonio has been punting games left and right, and they're also missing a bunch of guys. Uh, Pirtle's still out. Now they're missing Sochamp. I know I'm butchering the pronunciation, but to be honest, it's how I always pronounced it. Mm-hmm. But he's probably their best overall wing defender or most versatile defensive player and they were already the worst defense in the league, and now mm-hmm. he's out. I saw the team total for New Orleans at 119.5. I like the over. I, I just think that if you give up 119 to OKC with no Shea, you'll probably give up 125 to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. I think New Orleans wins this game handily. I think they'll blow them out. Uh, we saw them have a nice game against Toronto. Uh, McCollum's back, which is a nice boost. But San Antonio is easily the worst team in the league. And they are in full fade mode. They're just in a full fade mode moving forward. I don't know how you back San Antonio ever at this point. Yeah, you don't bet San Antonio. You just bat Devin Vassell. I've been saying this by far for an, an extreme amount of time. Like, you just back Devin Vassell. It doesn't matter what you throw at Devin Vassell. He may throw up a dud one in every five games, maybe. But for the most part, Devin Vassell is hitting his points prop. And they just refuse to – and you can't really – boost it too too much because the team stinks mm-hmm. so 25 in the last game 20 18 26 17 29 21 6 22 22 17 20 29 that was his month in november he averaged 20.9 points in the month of november and i think his points prop is probably still sitting at 19 and a half maybe 20 and a half i'm I'm taking Devin Vassell. I don't Devin's, blame you. I mean, San Antonio Devin's doesn't score much anyway, so the numbers aren't that inflated. Vassell's no Herb good. Jones. No I mean, Herb Jones. I feel I feel very confident about Devin Vassell going in there and at least, at the very least, dropping another 20-point game and parlay that with the Pelicans destroying the fucking Spurs. I think that's why, though, I lean to the team total over. It's because I don't think New Orleans is good defensively either, especially with Herb mm-hmm. Jones being out. They're probably good enough to still handle San Antonio, but that's mm-hmm. kind of why I took the team total instead. Herb Jones has been better offensively. He's still not a great offensive player. Like Dyson Daniels and you throw in Murphy, like they have a couple of replacement options that you can mm-hmm. definitely rely on offensively. I just think New Orleans walks into 125 in this game. So I like the team total over for New Orleans. Yep, I agree. No, no you're not getting no pushback from me. I think this is like 120s, 100. The world could get to 130 game. here. Like it, it's really possible they just put up 30 points in every quarter or more 
and they win this game like 125-110. And that's why I like Devin Vassell because he just has so much opportunity in garbage time where nobody cares, and he's just going up there shooting the ball with no contest. Like well, he's it, in the he's in the dream spot for stat guys because he's in the right now he's got the ultimate green like he's on a tanking team. He's yep. the he's the most talented player on a tanking team, so he's got the ultimate green line. Man, yeah. All right. Man, that prop has really been cashing me a lot of money this season. All right, next we have the Houston Rockets going to play the Phoenix Suns minus 11 and a half for the Suns. 229 and a half is the total injury report for these two teams. And we have uh, just Jason Tate still on injured reserve for the Rockets. And we have Chris Paul, who is out for it's probably better for the team that he's out for this game. <laughs> and Cam Johnson, you know, is still out. <laughs> I mean, Suns are 8-0 against the Rockets in the last three seasons. They've won by an average of 11 points. This line is set at 11 and a half. I don't, I don't have any energy for this game either. I'm going to lean Phoenix. They're too good in the desert. We saw Houston uh, get killed by Denver. I even, I even leaned to Houston in the second game, first yep. quarter. I'm just like, you know yep. what? They just got killed. Maybe they'll show something. They were Maybe down not. 20 in the first. They were down 20. They got buried. Like, no, this team's bad. Uh, Phoenix has some well-off-the-court distractions, but Chris Paul hasn't played much <laughs> anyway, so that hasn't really mattered. But still. It's um, like, why did you? <laughs> it was such a random thing to just It was so up. funny, honestly. It was so random. It's, like, it, it had so nothing, to, nothing to do with anything that was going on. Oh, absolutely nothing. It just made me laugh. But All right. The, the only concern is for me with props is blood potential because I want yeah. to blindly take Booker to go for 35, but I'm worried they're going to be up 30 at the half. <laughs> That's really my only concern. But Booker, I mean, if we're going to talk about the Kardashian curse, he broke up with Kendall and he's immediately dropped 44 and 51. So he's having the uh, – he's been freed from the curse because he's had 90-something points in the last two games. Uh are you just immediately penciling Booker in for like 35, assuming there's no blowout? Because I don't know who the hell is going to guard him. Yeah, yeah. If he, yeah, if he doesn't have a blowout, he's easy 35. But that's the thing. Like they've won by this margin four of the last five times they played them, with one time in Phoenix being 124, 121. I was actually, I think I was on Phoenix in that game. So I also uh, love Aiton like double double in this game or just Aiton props. He's been so good lately. And I even had a double-double on him a couple games ago in Sacramento. He's had a double-double in, I think, seven straight games, I think. It's it's somewhere around there. But Houston has no size. I I think Aiton's going to feast in this game, shouldn't he? He should. Excuse me. He really should. Houston's just bad. They're they're really, really bad. By the way, Booker there are fun 30, spots to play them, yeah. but I don't think this is a fun spot where you Booker for 35 them. is a uh, plus 195, but Booker for 40 is five to one. I don't even know if five to one's a good deal or not on that, but based I, on what I I've seen lately, Booker's just on an absolute heater right now. I, I don't know. I I don't but the blowout potential might limit his minutes. Yeah, like if they if they if the Houston is in this game, I really feel good about Booker going off and just destroying them. But, but I, I'm also concerned about even liking thinking he won't get there because he had 51 and three quarters. <laughs> we don't know if he needs the fourth quarter to get to 40. Booker's really just been so good, and 
I don't think Houston. Yeah, Phoenix it. doesn't. Phoenix doesn't play with their food too often. It's it's easy yeah. on Phoenix, and I just I can't touch props in this game because I if I think that they're winning by eleven and a half, I think that this could get nasty really quickly. Yeah, that's fair. All right, total two twenty nine and a half. I'm torn here because I could see a game kind of like that Denver game that we just saw where Denver scores 120 and Houston barely reaches a hundo and they single-handedly drag the total under. Well, four, I think of, the last five, under. four of the last five between these two actually have gone over. Okay. Uh, even though they that Phoenix been blowing them out over 228, over 237, over 234 and a half. One went under 221 and a half, and that's because – Houston couldn't score. They scored 89 points in that mm-hmm. one. And then you have two over 220 and a half. So I'll, I'll blindly take it over. Okay. I think I'm going to lean to the under, but it's mostly a Houston team total under in this one. All right. Indiana Pacers are playing the Utah Jazz minus four and a half for the Utah Jazz. 238 and a half is the total. Oh, the Jazz are favored. Okay. Uh, I, they I they did win their last game as a favor, but it was a horrible spot for the Clippers. Terrible spot for the Clippers. Tyrese Halliburton is questionable. Jalen Smith is not on the injury report. Duarte and Tice are not playing in this game. And then you have Conley and Rudy Gay not playing in this game. Pretty clean for Utah for what they normally been doing. All right. I mean... It wow, the, ba- the, the back part of this the back part of this schedule has been really easy to handicap. I'm not even going to hold you. Indiana plus four and a half. Indiana on the money line. I don't know if I can take it now. I, I have to find out if Halliburton's playing or not. I think Halliburton is just that valuable. But I'll tell you right oh, no, now, 100%. If, if, if Halliburton is out, give me all these Matherin props. Give me the math room oh, points. Yes. Give me oh whatever he might start. Yeah. Like math that room would, was oh, that would be so fun. No, so honestly, like even if Tyrese Halliburton is out, I I truly think that this is just a spot where Utah can clean like this. Why are you getting up for Indiana coming to town? Like what what get up is there for Indiana coming to town? Why do you and not Indiana just try to size. win the game? They should yeah. dominate on the glass. But yeah. if you want to know some props, if Halliburton's out, I don't think you'll find Matherin 30 points, but or like if you could find some type of sneaky play there on Matherin, maybe if he starts, I think he'd go for 25-30 if uh, Halliburton's not going to play. I think he'd play Matherin regardless. Who's coming off the bench and stopping him or slowing well, you're him You're saying down? off the bench. I'm saying Matherin might start. Like no, I'm saying, no, I'm saying even if he if he if if Halliburton plays and, and Matherin is still coming off the bench, who is slowing him down in this game? Nobody. Like, I think Matherin should walk into 20 points in this game. But, I mean, I'm trying to think of other props here. Do you blindly take, like, Miles Turner rebounds because Utah can't rebound? Like, do you start getting yeah, no. with, like, Jalen Smith double-double and stuff like that? Yeah, I think you can – I really think this is a game where you can completely and utterly fade the Jazz and be perfectly fine because I truly believe this is wrong team favorite. I think, I think that the Pacers the, should the be a favorite. News is definitely. I mean, the ha- I mean, even okay. So Halliburton doesn't give like it doesn't equate to five points for me. Like mm-hmm. if Halliburton is not playing, and me thinking that you they should have been favored, I'm like, all right, then I probably move them to two, three. I'm not going over a possession. I think some is an overreaction of the Clippers game. Yeah, it definitely is an overreaction, and we all know that this Utah team has been trending downward and. 
I, I don't know. I'm just looking and I'm thinking about Utah defensively and how one, how streaky Utah is. So you never know if you're going to get the, the crazy streaky game with Utah, if you're going to get the, oh, uh, they just can't make anything. If you're going to get the, holy shit, how the fuck did Jordan Carson make that shot? Or if you're going to get the, why the fuck did Jordan Carson shoot that shot? Like, I don't, I can't tell you what you're going to get. However, what I can tell you is that this Indiana team is going to put up points against this defense. Like, they are going to put up points. I think you, I agree with that. I wouldn't be surprised. Indiana to win by 11 plus is eight to one. I don't think that's like if Halliburton plays, I think that is probably one of my favorite plays for this. If Hallie plays, they are blowing this team out. I think this is a bad matchup. I think Indiana can score too many ways and the Pacers have and the Jazz have no option. And the only way I can hope for the Jazz to stay in this game is if they are streaky in their own right. Yeah, for me, I'm going to play the fifth on this one because Halliburton is just so valuable. I, I really can't give out a proper breakdown without knowing if he's going to play or not. And it's a groin issue because that might, that might linger for a couple days, so there's a chance, there's a decent chance he doesn't play tonight. If he does not play, would you lean Utah or would you still take Indiana? Or is it I'm complete no Indiana. action? Because I would not play this besides props. I'm still on Indiana. Okay. But I think I'm that saying, especially if he doesn't play, this is that typical – Oh, the star doesn't play. Everybody goes and leans to the other team. And then, you know, bench players step up. And it's just like the fact that Halliburton not playing means that Ben Matherin probably gets more minutes. It's just very scary to think about. And I think that for one game on the road, getting ready to come back home, they can step up. Now, for the record, he wouldn't start. They're going to use McConnell no matter what. Like, McConnell's yeah. the backup point guard. He would start. But it's just that he's going to be in the game you, you plan a lot more. He's going to have a pure green light. The total's 239. Like, you need to score. Like, I think Matherin should play 30 minutes in this game. Yeah. I don't see props for anybody Indiana-related, though, because of yeah, Halliburton. Yeah, you, you can't do yeah. it without knowing what Halliburton is That's what I'm say. saying. So, maybe right before game time you can find something. I feel confident in Indiana. The only thing that I would, I I'm waiting on is the fact that if Halliburton doesn't play, I know I'm going to get a larger number on Indiana. Yeah. So I'm waiting on that. If Halliburton doesn't play, I'm taking a larger number with Indiana, and I'm just going to sit there and just watch the game and wait for it to come through. Like this is one of those spots. I I think that this is a spot you can completely back Indiana. Mm. <laughs> All right. Chicago Bulls are, oh, well, the total is 238 and a half. I think I said it earlier. I think it's going to be a lot of points. I don't even know if Halliburton playing or not matters. I'm going to lean to the over in this one. Neither team can guard anybody. The pace is going to be just huge in this game. Yeah, yeah, I'm on the over. Uh, I think we're going to see this game get into the 240s. All right. Chicago Bulls are playing the Golden State Warriors in Golden State. Minus seven for Golden State. 237 is the total. For the Bulls, Alex Caruso is probable, and for <laughs> is he really on the injury report? <laughs> Andre Iguodala is out for injury management. They had to put on the injury report once Udonis Haslam suited up for Miami yesterday, just to make sure that nobody got any good ideas. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. All right, that was really crazy. If you told me if you told me Haslam was going to play in that game, I would have told you. All right, I'm not going to bet those. Somebody pulled up a fun game log with Haslam, and it was him uh, turning the ball over on a Carl Malone steal back in 2003, and that just made me laugh because he's been around for that long. Really? He's been around for like 19 Holy shit. years. 
It's, it, yeah. it was just really, really funny. They were showing like boxer stuff. It's like, yeah, turnover Udonis Haslam, steal Carl Malone. I'm like, why was he guarding Jason? What? <laughs> why was he guarding <laughs> Carl Malone and Udonis Haslam were in the game at the same time? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's been around All for right. that long. That's hilarious. That had to be when Malone was on the Lakers. Probably. That was that Lakers yeah. year. Yeah, that sounds mm-hmm. like that was that Lakers year. All right. Uh, Where are we at? I'm taking Golden State. Yeah. That's where I'm at. This team's really, really good at home. They're really bad on the road, but they're at home, and it's probably good enough for me. Chicago's an interesting discussion, which we're probably going to have to have on another pod uh, because we're already past the hour mark. They might need to blow this up, Chicago. And it's not working. It's not working. You're 9-12, and 12, and you look at the picks you gave up. You look at how Markkinen's developed. I'm not going to fully rose Vucevic for this because, of course, Lonzo hasn't played this season. He's your one of your best defensive players. I don't really know what more you need to see from DeRozan, Levine, and Vucevic for, to tell you that this is clearly not going to work. Your ceiling was one playoff win against Milwaukee. I think there's so much better with Lonzo, but the fact is the best ability is availability. And Lonzo you don't know if he's ever going to be the same player again at this point. I mean, he's had a bunch of knee issues. Yeah. I think Chicago should blow it up and tank, if you want my honest opinion. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to do it. They might be Wendell in a red jersey looks kind of cool. I'm not even going to hold you. I got you look at who they got the rid of. Like they got rid of Wendell Carter. They got rid of Markin. And they gave they gave up. They got a lot of young talent that they got rid of. And that's I playing mean, really well everywhere else. Correct. And I I don't think Chicago is very good. And yes, you can argue every now and then they give Boston trouble for some reason. They give Boston arguably more trouble than anybody else in the league. But their whole team comes down to Kinder Rosen drop thirty five. You know who's the next person that's going to get traded and he's going to be really good on another team? Patrick Williams. I think you're going to say Caruso. Nah, fuck him. I think Caruso is going to be a hell of a role player with like Milwaukee or somebody. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's getting rid of like Grayson Allen. Caruso's actually playing outside of shooting the ball, which he's always sucked at. He's actually playing really good for them. But I think Caruso is going to be a very valuable trade piece. But my point is not to get into a full rant here. I don't think Chicago is good. And Golden State at home has been incredible in front of the crowd. I think Golden State blows them out. I think they should be closer to nine. This might be my lock for the day. It honestly might. I, I, I Yeah, no, they're bad. All right, 236 and a half, up from 233 and a half. I've just seen it move up again. I would lean under, but I feel like this line movement is incredibly sharp to me. And we just saw a track meet break out between the Bulls and the Suns. It might be the public. 77% of the over bets, 97% of over money. It could be the public as well. But, but there's probably some sharp, sharp betters in there. It's I going mean, up three points. Like, the public doesn't move totals like that for three points. I think I'm going to lean to the over. But the real story from the total tells me they're daring the Bulls to hold Golden State to less than 125. That's my, that's the really that's the underlying story for this total move. And then Golden State's not going to so, care. Like they're correct. not going to care. So, yeah, we're scoring 125. We don't care if we give up 100, 105, 110. This could be a Curry 40 piece game. It could be. Yeah, I feel like he, I, I feel like he he would cook the fuck out of Caruso. Booker just had 51 and three quarters against this team. Like I, I think Curry might go for 40. It's been a while since we've had a Curry like 50 piece. I'm trying to decide who I want to bat in Chicago, either Levine or DeRozan, because somebody's like Golden State's not. I will always choose DeRozan in that case because Levine has been battling some injuries over the years, and he really just doesn't look sharp all the time. DeRozan, at least I know, is going to bring it. 
Yeah, but DeRozan could get Wiggins, and that's a concern for me. He could. And that's where I'm like, oh, well, Zach can – like, if, if DeRozan's getting Wiggins, Zach's going to have a lot of opportunity. By the way, Curry 40-piece tonight, 7-1. to one. Just saying. Booker just dropped 51 and three quarters. I'm just saying. It's 7-1 to one for 40-plus. I co-sign that 7-1, to one, and I will add Zach to at least get his points prop. Okay. All right. Anything else? I think the Bulls are a bad team. <laughs> all right. That's all, I, well, that's all I have to add. Yeah. All right. That's it for us. By the way, to read off some point all. totals uh, for Curry recently against the Bulls, he had a 19 in the last game in 28 minutes, 40, 32, 36, 28. So he has been known to potentially go for 30 and change. 35-plus in two of the last four meetings. Huh. So, let me see Curry's 35. Curry's 35 is plus 260. Yeah, just ladder him up. I think Curry's going to have a huge game. They they did. I don't think they made the adjustments from Devin Booker scoring 30, 51. So, ladder him all the way. What was Booker again? 22 of 27? Holy something shit. stupid? Yeah, like 22 something of 27. Is, yeah, yeah, it was something insane. Um... All right, lock and dog time. For my lock, I am going to. I'm going. To, I'm going. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. I'm going back to Golden State. Golden State minus seven. For my dog, I will call it Indiana plus one sixty now. If Halliburton plays, I'm taking a larger line. I mean, if Halliburton doesn't play, I'm taking a larger line because I know this line is. Wait, time out. It's 160. I saw one yes. book at Indiana plus five. It's 160. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is he 164? Okay, close enough. Yeah. Uh. Let's. Yeah. All right. So I'll take Indiana plus 160 now. It's probably going to be in the two to one range if he doesn't play. I'm surprised you didn't one. take Atlanta. Or, I'm, I'm no, Atlanta still. Atlanta is still a lock for the show. Okay. Atlanta's still a lot for the shot. I really do it, but I'm getting the value. I'm getting the value with Indiana. And I just – I truly think Indiana is the better team between these two. And so the fact that I'm also getting Utah as a favorite ha- – no, Halliburton is slightly concerning, but I'm just going to bank on the fact that the increased usage of Matherin and the fact that they have literally nobody that matches up with them on that roster – he could be in for a huge game, and they're not slowing down anything else. And the control of the rebounding edge, yeah. Um, with Jalen Smith and Miles Turner, like both of them really strong rebounders? Mm-hmm. Nah, man. All right, I'm all over Indiana in this spot. What are you doing? All right, so for mine, I'm going to go to two team totals here. I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to go with the Pelicans team total over 119.5 as my lock. Uh, once again, San Antonio gave up 119 to an OKC team without, keyword without, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Uh, they've allowed 119 or more in in uh, seven of their last nine. Uh, I think New Orleans, who just scored 129 against this team, getting CJ back, should do whatever they want offensively. I'll take the Pelicans team total over. And for my dog, I will go with an alternative team total. And I got to figure out which number I want because I'm expecting Orlando to do nothing in this game. So let me just figure out what number I want. Uh, the number is 103 uh, and a half or so, so I have to contemplate how low I want to go on this. 
But you know what? I might just make it even. I'll go with an even hundo. And Orlando to score less than 100 points is uh, currently... So I'm, I'm trying to think. Do I want to go 100 and a half or 99 and a half? I'll go 100 and a half. Uh, so Orlando team total under 100 and a half is plus 125. I think they'll score like 90 points. All right. Uh, that's it. I don't have anything else. Anything else for you? No. Once again, if you want some of the longer shots, if you want to parlay some of the insane shots we mentioned, Curry 35 or 40 points, I think it's going to be a lot of fun tonight. Uh, besides that, you have any other props? Potentially Curry, and there? Curry and Matherin is a nice parlay. Yeah, Matherin doesn't have lines up, but I like him to have a good Curry, game. Matherin, and Young. There we go. Curry, Matherin, and Young. When we get all those lines up and we put that into a parlay, that's a good three-pick three player parlay. Well, I will Just, ask you, though, with uh, Trey, are you interested in assists, points? What are you looking at? I'm thinking points. Okay, you're thinking points. Okay, so let me just see what the two pick would pay out uh, for Young and Curry. Uh, what do you want, 30 or 35 or 40? What's his prop at? Uh, his points prop in general is – let me just pull this up really quickly. Uh, 28 and a half. Let's go 35. Okay. So 35 points for Trey is plus 280. Okay. So if you take that and then you throw in Curry, which should also be around plus uh, 60, plus 280. Sorry, let me just pull that up really quickly. Um, You can also get creative with Curry. Like you do like 30 plus points and Golden State to win. You could find other ways to get value. But uh, Curry 35 plus is going to be 260. That two pick pays out at roughly 12 to 1. It's a plus uh, 1268. Yeah, like that. Like that. Okay. All right. Before we get up out of here, uh, Scott, We're not. What kind of odds are you getting for that payout if you throw in South Korea to win the World Cup? Unfortunately, I don't have that in front of me. So uh, (laughs) let me see what I got. But I'm actually annoyed at myself for that Korean match because last night I realized Portugal wasn't playing for anything. And I saw Korea money line was at like plus 350. I visualized Korea two to one and I did not bet the exact score. And I'm absolutely devastated with myself. I am just sad. So thanks for bringing that up, Sharp. (laughs) Last night, I thought Korea would win two to one. I just did not bet the exact outcome, and I'm kind of salty about it. But, oh, well, is what it is. All right. You missed 100% of the shots you don't take. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. So, you know. I love it. Love it. All right. That's it. We got nothing else for the podcast. He's at Rice Show Radio. I'm at Really Real underscore underscore. Make sure you subscribe to the NBA Gambling Podcast on YouTube, on Spotify. Make sure you leave us a Spotify review. Absolutely. Please make sure you leave us a Spotify review. Other than that, I have nothing else to say, nothing else to do, no other way of ending the podcast. So we're just going to end it like this. We are out of here. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba-ba.